At Walmart, there's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. We encourage you to show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase. Every time we purchase from a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. Some amazing black-owned businesses that are available at Walmart include The Lip Bar, Zach and Zoe Honey, Partake Cookies, the list goes on and on. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Love at First Sight still exists. It's available at your local shelter. This June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more and see full terms and conditions. I suck at dating with Dean Ungler and Jared Haven, an iHeartRadio podcast. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Help I Suck at Dating. And what an incredibly special episode we have for you today, because not only is this episode, I actually don't really know what number it is, but this is going to be it's got to be a lot nope, it's not either that i was i was gonna say this is gonna be our halloween episode but i just realized we're recording one more episode before halloween so i'm just gonna go ahead and hope that the uh editors cut all of that out of there but uh jared how Probably are not. you i'm doing well how are you dean i'm trying to look up how many easton or riley or anybody hannah do we know how many episodes this is nobody knows right it's got to be a lot <laughs> i would be i would be shocked if anyone had that number i'd be very surprised I'll check on that. I'll check on that for you guys. We've been doing this since late 2000. What year was it? No, early 2018, right? So you're talking about almost three full years. So let's say two and a half years. So let's say 18 months, roughly. What? Listen, I'm doing some math live on the air, which is never a good idea, but we're going to try it. So if if we did this once a week for 18 months, right? What's 18 times four? 72. So nice. Only 72 episodes? I have the number. Well, are we counting from my first episode back in the day when it was just me solo hosting? Nah, no, nobody cares moments? about that, bro. Nobody cares That's about that. That's the number I have. I can get it after Jared joined. That'll take me just a few. If you want to vamp for a bit, I can get that number. Well, how many total no, 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 Let me. Uh, let's let's guess. No, 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 no. Before he before he says it, I right before he gives us that answer, I want to I want to make an educated guess because I this podcast was started um, for whatever reason. Lord knows why this podcast was even ever started. Because you sucked at dating, bro. I know. Right. But I think it's actually I don't know what's more of a shock to me. The fact that this podcast ever was started or the fact that this podcast is still going. A hundred percent. The fact this podcast is still going. It's not even both of those things are mind blowing. Absolutely mind blowing. Um, Okay, so I'm sorry. I'm almost back to where I need to be. Okay, here we go. This podcast started on September 25th, 2017. That's four years and one month ago. That's 49 months. 49 months, four episodes a month. Uh, you're looking at probably right around 200 episodes, 
give or take, like maybe we took a couple weeks off, but we definitely recorded a couple. I'm going to say this is episode 216. Of, of total? Jared, what do you think? Total. I mean, four years, once a week, four times four. I think it's lower than that. I bet it's... So you said 216. I'm going to say 164. All right. All right. Wait, before we get to the, the nitty gritty here, are we playing Price is Right rules where if I'm over by one, you win because you were... No, closest. I hate that. Okay. I agree. East End, can we get a drum roll? This is episode 216. No, it's not. Uh, no way. He's <laughs> lying. No, There's no not. way. I swear to God, and I kind of think that Dean looked at something because we have done uh, 200 and this would have been the 218th episode total, but I took out, there's two teasers in there. I don't count those mm. as full episodes. Dude, Dean is the wow. Houston Astros right now. He cheated somehow. He's stealing signs. Hey. There's no way. You guys, I am actually going to jump off the podcast real quick and go down to the casino and just put everything <laughs> on black. Dude, play the Powerball. Whatever numbers you think of at the top of your head, just put $3 million on there. You're going to triple gotta, your money. I got to say, I'm secretly really good at those types of guesses. We were uh, driving through Italy uh, whenever we were there last month, and we were uh, like the road. So the way the roads work out there is you, as you're getting on the interstate, you like pull a ticket. And then when you get off the interstate, however long you go, that's how much money you pay. And we got off like after like six hours of driving and Kayla and I were like, well, how much do you think the ticket's going to be worth or whatever? And I was like, it's going to be $19 or 19 and 70 euros. And it came out to like 1965. And I was like, so I'm telling you, I've, I've got a secret skill here. I'm going to put this on my resume that I am an <laughs> incredibly good guesser. All right, Easton, do you know the number of how many podcasts we've done since I've joined? I'm trying to figure that out. I think... I feel I thought that Dean did a lot before you joined, but it wasn't that many. It was like uh, I'm trying to pinpoint exactly because you took over the show with Kendall. Do you remember that that one? That I was do really remember that was the first episode ever. Yeah, that was. Um, so I don't know if you if you joined immediately after that. That was episode 24 where it was you and Kendall. Hosting. So I kind of joined, but not really joined because I wasn't official. Yeah. It was just like I kept getting invited back. I also got super lucky when I first came on this podcast because. We had Kendall on. She was just coming off of Ari season, so that was a big hit. And then we had Amanda Stanton on, and just so happened that week that Amanda had this online feud with Josh Murray, if you guys remember that, where they were like <laughs> tweeting back and forth at each other. So then she came on, so the numbers were really good for that podcast. And then the week after that, I think, oh, Dean was back, and you had just broken up with Leslie. So that was a mm. huge podcast. And then the week after that, we had Vanessa on, and I think Vanessa had just broken up with Nick or there was like some sort of big news with Vanessa. And I think it maybe her and Nick just broke up. So it was like four straight weeks where I just kept getting inviting back, invited back where the numbers were through the roof because of all these guests. And I'm just like <laughs> munching on this. And I'm like, all right. And then finally, Amy, you know, our boss, Amy was like, yeah, we'll sign you full time. And I was like, great, cool. Sign the contract before the numbers start going down. And I remember specifically, too, that was uh, – I just looked it up on my Instagram. That was March March 2018, and it was because I uh, I sprung an impromptu trip to India, and they were like, okay, well, cool. Like, you have to record your podcast. And I was like, nah, I'm probably just going to go and not record anything. <laughs> and uh, Amy, who's our, like, head producer, was like, okay, well, then, like, you're obviously going to get fired from your podcast. And then so they brought in, like, Nick to host an episode, uh, you to host an episode, and there was some other guy from, like, Big Brother to host an episode – 
Yeah. And uh, obviously you just wowed everyone, you know, uh, all the credit goes to the people who still listen to this podcast, specifically Bachelor Nation. I tell you, and Eason probably can attest to this from doing so many podcasts with different Bachelor Nation members. The people that watch that show, you guys are so loyal and you listen and you follow our lives. And I cannot thank you enough because without you, people who watch the show, I don't know what the hell I'd be doing because you truly like everybody's like, oh, you guys have a platform. I'm like, the only reason I have a platform is because people listen. And so thank you for everybody listening. You guys are the best. Yeah. Fully agree with that. Instead of opening a restaurant, you would be back to managing one, I guess, which is not a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. No, it's great. I mean, I'm still managing it. I just so happen to own it as well, which is, you know, a dream come true. So. Right, right. Uh, Hey, question on that front. Are you and Ashley uh, co-owners 50-50? Technically speaking, that's a negative. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, what happened? We talked about this when we made the LLC. It was just better if it was one sole owner, because apparently if you have two owners, you Mm -hmm. get into some muddy waters. And so Uh, it was just like, I'll, you know, I've been the one doing, been there every day and, and Ashley's been obviously a very big help, but when we, it was just like, this will be, we're still like, you know, we're both owners of it. It's both our baby, but like technically speaking, yeah, the business is mine. But like on the business license, it says Jared. Yes. hundred percent. When it comes down to brass tacks and like an important decision has to be made, it's your word that is... Yeah, Truth, I'd right? like to think that, but like, obviously it's just not. For example, I was going to hang some wall art and I'm like, I'm not going to do this with Ashley, without Ashley because I know I'm going to hang something. She's going to walk in next week and be like, I don't like it there. I want it there. And I'm going to say, well, I already hung it there. And she's like, well, can't you just take it down and put it there? And I'm like, yeah, I guess I can. So instead of going through that stressful situation, I'll just wait till Ashley comes in. So that's an example for you, Dean, of how much power in quotations i actually have how yeah. many fathead wall decals of tom brady are going to be up at audrey's <laughs> coffee shop uh none but how many will be hanging wow. in my kid's bedroom now that's a better question <laughs> my friend you should have like a super secret lounge area where it's just all tom brady memorabilia <laughs> so it's like oh if they really want the real jared haben experience that's where they go i will have that and it won't be so yeah. secretive <laughs> one I'm, one day hey. I mean, yeah, I mean, it is pretty disappointing to see you uh, like even when the Bucks played the Patriots, you were wearing a Bucks jersey. So um, I love Tom Brady. I just uh, I just uh, I don't know how that makes me feel. I will say your uh, fantasy football team in our league is doing pretty well. So congratulations to that. Much appreciated. How are you doing? I haven't even noticed. Uh, I'm uh, I'm four and two. I'm up there with you. I think we're actually tied, but oh, you have okay. more points, so you're Sweet. like still above me a little bit. Tight, tight. Um, but before we lose every listener we have right now to this <laughs> fantasy football talk, let's uh, let's go ahead and tease our guests. So uh, coming up after this quick break, we have Alyssa Deneen, who is the author of The Art of Online Dating, and we are going to ask her all the questions when it comes to online dating. So stick through this break with us. We'll be right back, and uh, we'll see you soon. <laughs> At Walmart, there's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. We encourage you to show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase. 
Every time we purchase from a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. Some amazing black-owned businesses that are available at Walmart include The Lip Bar, Zach and Zoe Honey, Partake Cookies, the list goes on and on. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes, and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The Pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight. And honestly, the answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois, and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois, and my life has never been the same, and I love her so much, and I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than expected. And another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs. First was Pappy and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much with Pappy. He just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him and we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was, Kaylin and I agreed to maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives. And not even a week later, we we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives. And and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So I, I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and, and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes, and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. It's available at your local dog shelter. Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive, June 7th to 9th, and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. Everyone knows how much Dean and I love to travel, especially after enduring a Colorado winter. I'll take any chance I can to be in a sunny, beachy place right about now. Well, Kaylin, I have the perfect place we can travel to next. In Puerto Rico, there are nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline. And when it comes to photography, the landscape is unbeatable. I think I need to go there for a relaxing vacation before baby number two comes, which is great. But also, I'm very nervous. Puerto Rico offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to beautiful black sand beaches. There's no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating. As Dean teased so professionally and well, before the break, we have a very special guest, uh, she is the author of The Art of Online Dating, which is going to be available on Amazon starting October 26th, uh, which by the time this podcast comes out, hold on, let me look at my calendar, is going to be Tuesday. This Tuesday in two days, you will be able to buy The Art of Online Dating. It is Alyssa Deneen. Yes. Did I say that properly? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to pat myself on the back. I'm terrible with names. I have been doing good lately. I know. I've really been trying to up my game. Even ask my wife. I pronounce my own last name two different ways. Why? I don't know. I've heard it both ways throughout my family. So, uh, Alyssa, tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us about what the art of online dating is all about. Yeah. So, well, I'm, I've been a stylist for almost 25 years in New York. And when I became divorced at age 41, I, um, I had been with my husband for way before cell phones existed. So had no idea what I was doing and, um, had to enlist a few friends to help. And I realized in the process, like there must be tons of other divorced people like myself who are, you know, middle age or older and trying to figure all this out with online dating. Um, so I created a business called Style My Profile to help people get their profiles, you know, up and running and looking good and kind of selecting the right pictures. And, and then I decided to write a book about my whole experience working with clients and my own experiences and kind of a, a guidebook to help people through the whole process. So, so you used your stylist background to help people stylize their online profile. Yeah. Yeah. So it started off where I was just sort of helping people like, like a little bit of a makeover and then kind of help you. I I would hire a good photographer to take good pictures and I'd style them and, you know, get a good, you know, if it was a female like hair and makeup person. Um, But it kind of evolved into once I got people up and running in their profile, then people kind of were like, well, I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so now I have a great profile and I'm matching with people, but now it's like a whole other thing. There's like a whole other hurdle. So then it turned into date coaching and kind of like the whole, like a holistic approach to online dating where it's like, okay, you got your great profile, but then also, you know, kind of figuring out how to message and how to ask people out and, you know, what to wear on a first date and what to talk about. And, and also just like kind of figuring out what you want in another, in a partner. Yeah. So it sounds like you're just helping people kind of like dial in that first impression. And then you were able to kind of take it a step further with the book and everything else from there. Exactly. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. So can you give us like a little bit of a, a Cliff Notes version? Because I want to know for everybody listening out there, like what are some of the things that they should be doing when they go to an online dating site or an online dating app? Now, obviously, there's so much information out there. There's so much people, you know, so many things that people need to do with it. First of all, sign up for it, create a profile, pick the pictures, pick what they're going to say, then actually start talking to people or liking people. And then what do they say? Like who reaches out first? Should How long does it take to talk on the app before you actually meet them in, in real life? Like, I don't know. Can you give us a little bit of a breakdown of like a sequence of, of events that need to occur when going through the online dating world? Well, yeah. And I mean, you know, keep in mind that a lot of my clients are coming to me similar to myself where you've never done this before. Mm-hmm. You know, you met partner in college and, you know, and got married in your mid twenties and that was it. So just kind of even like picking out the right app for people is tricky. You know, there's so many apps now and which one do I use and which one's right for me. And, you know, so we kind of have a whole process of like, there's a questionnaire I give to everybody and kind of figure out where, you know, where it depends on how old they are and where they live. And so we figure out what apps they should use. And then of course, like we write a whole bio, we help them write their bio and put that up there. Can I ask you a question about the dating apps? How many dating apps should a person be on one at one time or should they do multiple? I recommend two or three at a time. And, you know, because I think most people are really pretty, um, 
it depends on how enthusiastic I guess you are <laughs> in meeting somebody, but I feel like, you know, one is fine, but two or three is definitely going to, you know, increase your chances. Mm -hmm. And, but the thing is, is that you, I, I always tell my clients, you have to be willing to, as you guys know, doing online dating, you have to really be willing to actually throw yourself into it and not just, oh, I'm going to just put up a couple pictures and check it every few weeks and expect to get dates out of that. You know, it's, it's so, there's so much more to online dating than just, putting a few pictures up there and, and messaging once in a while with somebody. And it doesn't, as we know, it's not instantaneous. Like even once you match with somebody and message with them, then it can take a couple of weeks even sometimes to get to the date. So, you know, it's, it's a whole process and, and just kind of coaching people through that whole thing. So I think one of the biggest hurdles when it comes to online dating and correct me if, if you think this is not accurate, but it's the conversation of like getting off of the platform, right? So what kind of advice would you have for the listeners uh, for going from just matching with someone and talking to them to like getting a phone number and then like organizing a first date that like what is what is your advice for that type of uh, that process? I actually I recommend the sooner the better getting in, in real life, um, whether that's a, you know, a video call or an actual in person date, you know, and since the pandemic, people are a lot more willing to do a first date as a video call. Um, but I think the sooner the better, as soon as you have some sort of connection or rapport at all, I think, you know, and I'm always encouraging my female clients, don't wait for, you know, heterosexual couples like don't wait for guys to ask you out it's i mean it's like you i feel like honestly no offense but like i feel like men are worse about asking out than women are i feel like yeah you have to be terrible. really yeah we're and i stupid. feel like sometimes like like yeah, like you're just kind of waiting for weeks and like oh we you know everything's great and we get along so well and but he's just not asking me out and it's like and i think that's really common and that's all age groups because i have clients that are in their 60s and 70s and and men are still having a hard time asking women out like it doesn't matter how old you are it's it's hard so i always say to my female clients like just ask them out you know what's the worst that's going to happen they're going to say no you know so and i feel like a lot of men and maybe you can you know attest to this but i feel like a lot of men are actually in a way relieved if they're interested and they you know and they want that to happen they might also be like I don't know if I should ask her out yet. And so I think if you take away that one, you know, that one step for them, you know, and then I say like, once I'd ask somebody out, if they said yes, then I'd kind of be like, okay, great. So you, you plan, make the plan and, you know, and I'll, I'll show up kind of thing. Um, just making that first move. And that's the nice thing about online dating too, is because there's already been expressed interest. So it's like, they liked you enough to swipe one way or the other. So. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And I think that's that so many people get caught up in the, you know, well, we've been messaging and, you know, and they're not asking me out or, you know, or he keeps like putting it off or she keeps putting it off. It's like, you know, the person doesn't know you yet. They're just going based on what you've written a few times and your photos. So you can't really take it personally if somebody is, you know, whatever, being flaky or, or not being proactive. It's like, I think you have to really, and this is hard and I had a hard time doing this too, is like, not taking everything so personally and not and not making it seem like, oh, you know, this person isn't interested if they haven't asked me out yet. It's like, I think they don't even know you yet. You know, it's like, you're just, you're in that first stage there. So the quicker you can make it happen where you meet in real life, the better. True. And also on the same, uh, on the same vein, like if you get denied asking someone on a date, they're denying someone that they don't know anything about. So it's like, you can't take that personally because. Not that as a rejection. It's like. Right. It has nothing to do with you. Right, yeah. right. 
Hey, in the book, you talk about uh, a closet cleanse. Is that right? Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So, I mean, when I first became single again, after so many years of being with my husband, I, you know, I was like a mom and a wife. And, you know, I think a lot of men and women go through this stage after they've been in a relationship for a really long time is kind of just trying to figure out who you are again. And, you know, and I think for me, I was, you know, not just a mom and a wife anymore. I was like a single woman and just trying to kind of like redefine what that was for me. And, you know, so I went through the whole closet purge thing was just so, um, you know, it was just very um, symbolic for me. And it was like getting rid of like my, my married life and like bringing in, you know, bringing in the new and kind of getting rid of the old. And it was, I I encourage all my clients, men and women to do that, because I think it feels really good to just kind of start fresh and, and kind of figure out who, who do you want to present yourself to the to the world. It reminds me of the scene from Crazy Stupid Love when Ryan Gosling takes Steve Carell shopping at the mall and he's like, yeah. he's, he's yes. credit card and he buys like, he's like, you know, what a great thing about someone your own age is, is you can revamp your wardrobe for like four or five grand. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Which is, it's a great movie. I guess, what is, what is your advice for, like, what is the first step you would take in something like that? Is it a wardrobe change like they do in uh, Crazy Stupid Love or? I mean, not necessarily like a wardrobe change. And I'm not saying like everyone needs to go out and like go on a shopping spree to, to start dating or anything, but it's more like, um, you know, I, I usually say like, obviously, you know, when people hire me, I, I help them with this process, but even just like grabbing a friend and helping them kind of help, having them help you go through each piece and like, see how you feel in that. Like, do you feel good or does it make you feel kind of like, eh, or does totally. it make you feel like a frumpy? When you like buy something person? new, like a, a new t-shirt or a jacket or something that fits me well, like I feel good. I feel better about myself. Like I feel like I, you know, give yeah. off more confidence whenever I buy something new. Exactly. I mean, it's like that age old look good, feel good, feel good, look good. It's like all wrapped together. But even just buying like one new piece. I mean, sometimes I tell people like if you're on a budget, that's fine. But like buy one new like for me, it was like I bought a new pair of jeans that I felt amazing in. I bought a few new tops and that like turned into like my I called it my first date uniform that I wore on every first date for like a year. And, you know, I kind of figured out pretty quickly, like, oh, wait a minute, no one's seeing me in this like this person's never met me before. I can literally wear the same thing over and over again on every date. So I, I, you know, I figured that out pretty quickly. And I think people are really actually appreciative of that because I don't know, I mean, men do this too. It's like you try on a bunch of things before every date and like, you know, you're trying to like reinvent the wheel every time and, and try to find something cool and cute and whatever. It doesn't have to be anything totally like unique it can just be something you feel really sexy in so i think that's the bottom line so then rather than um talking about all the do's of online dating what are some don'ts like what are some red flags that you advise your clients to look out for on profiles um well there's so many (laughs) (laughs) sure Um, but um well i mean there's you know definitely the the people that are just looking to message back and forth endlessly and not actually meet in person and i think both men and women experience that over and over again you know the people that just want to write back and forth and not actually be proactive um so that's a huge one um you know there's a lot of people don't still don't put a bio up like they just put mm-hmm. some pictures on i don't know if you see that too you know with women but I, a lot mm-hmm. of men do that um and it's you know that's like right off the bat you're like you know 
there's so many people that aren't going to bother swiping on you if you don't have a bio. Yeah, I feel like it shows whenever you, you don't have a bio, it shows a, a lack of willingness to be vulnerable. And that's already like kind of a little bit of a red flag when you're entering a relationship with someone or potentially entering a relationship. And even if it's because they, you know, are new to it and they don't know to write, I'm sorry, ask a friend to write it for you or something like yeah. just do write something like just to show that you're you're actually willing to to put some effort in. And I think it, you know, my thing is it's either they might be married, somebody put their profile up for them, or they're really they think they're above it and they don't need to be doing that. Yeah, it's weird. I feel like it stems from an insecurity of like and, and Dean, I'm sure you can attest to this as well. Like, I don't know, it was like cool not to try when you were a kid, mm -hmm. you know? It was yeah. always the kids that yeah. tried that weren't seen as cool. And I think you grow into adulthood and that kind of sticks with you a little bit. So when you're doing an online dating profile, I'm sure a lot of guys are like, nah, just, you know, I don't even care whatever happens, even though inside, you know, they actually do care. Yeah. I'm sure there's a happy medium too, between not doing anything and doing way too much. And I feel like a lot of people are scared of like maybe teetering to be like that overly, I don't know, overt person when they're talking about themselves, where it's like, you're like too braggadocious or there's too many modes. Like there's just so much that goes into it, you know? So like, you're right, Jared. I, like people I think are afraid to try too hard. Um, so they by they default by by not trying hard at all, right? Yeah, exactly. No, I think that's really common, actually. Um, yeah, and I think that again, like just have ask a friend, like describe me, and like write that into your bio. You know, any it could just be anything, but like I mean, obviously, I recommend spending more time than that, but definitely something is better than nothing. You know, my I met my boyfriend on Tinder. And, um, he, and I, you know, I would say like, he had like his resume as his bio, which was of course, like, you know, very boring, but at least he wrote something and I knew something about him. Um, and he had one good picture and the rest were pretty terrible. Um, but just, you know, even in writing something is better than nothing. So he had his like legit career resume on his, like, it like works for this company. I mean, he said who he worked for. He said where he was from, where he lived, you know, that he was divorced with two kids. Like it was very like, you know, yeah, I he's went like to this university. Tinder. I thought I was on LinkedIn. Um. <laughs> exactly. He hates to bring this up in my, but it's, it's just, it's definitely an, an, what not to do. We got to ask then, how did you bypass that lack of information and, and uh, see past it all to then now be in a relationship with him? Well, it really, honestly, like I tell this story and I write about it in my book, I almost didn't swipe on him because, you know, his resume, I mean, his resume, his, his bio. <laughs> very much his resume. Yeah, it's very much a resume. And he, like I said, he had one good photo. The rest were kind of like, you know, he had like sunglasses on and like one, like you could barely see him, you know, all those mm -hmm. kind of things. Um, but it was just this one photo. And I was like, you know, I don't know, whatever. And I swiped right. And then he messaged me right away and he asked me out right away. And so, you know, it, it got going very quickly. Um, but it did take me four dates before I actually knew that I liked him more than just a friend. So I always tell people that too, that I thought for sure, like we were just going to be friends. And then it was our fourth date. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I, like I don't you. think this is just friends. Yeah. I think it's going to go a little bit further than that. Um, yeah. Last question before you get going, what do you think about uh, paying for dating apps. I feel like a lot of people ask us, do you think I should upgrade to some sort of premium package, pay for a dating app? 
um, if I'm not getting what I want out of it. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, you mean like on Bumble or Tinder and upgrading? Yeah, you know how they have like it's free or like it's a low paying one, but then they also have like premium packages, which I feel like a lot of people are like, do I need to pay for it? Should I pay for it? Well, I mean, I think, you know, for example, like my my clients that travel a lot, um, I always recommend that they do upgrade, you know, so that they can look at the city that they actually live in while they're traveling and they don't just default to wherever they are. So that's an advantage of, of upgrading on on something like Tinder. Um, but otherwise, I mean, you know, I definitely think the boosts can help for sure. But, you know, I think whether or not to do the, the upgrade where you can, you know, like more people or go back. And I mean, that's sort of questionable. I don't think you necessarily have to do that. And there's definitely plenty of people that are are doing just fine without upgrading. So, you know, it's weird. There's as much of a stigma as there is around online dating, which is definitely getting less and less, I feel like there's an even bigger stigma around upgrading to the premium version of the apps. Hmm. <laughs> so, you, oh, so you think that people think of it as being like, oh, you must be really desperate, desperate. to... I mean, I yeah. could be way off base, but that's kind of... Ha- Not that I think there's personally anything wrong with it, but there is definitely, I think, like maybe a, like a vibe around that. Yes. But I, I like, you got to do what you got to do. Well, and then I think I get asked that about like doing super likes too. Like, does that make me seem like I'm, I'm too eager or something if you're doing super likes? But um, I mean, I think with online dating, sometimes it's just, you have to just sometimes take a little bit of a risk and like put yourself out there. And, you know, maybe that does mean you super like somebody and maybe that does mean you great. You know, I think that it's, if people are going to judge you based on that, then maybe they're yeah. not the right match for you. Especially you if know? they're on the same platform you are. Yeah. And you're right, Alyssa, too. It's like if anyone's going to judge you for those types of things, then they're not going to be your people anyways. Right. Yeah, those people <laughs> suck. Yeah. Yeah, Jared, well said. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> Alyssa, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Everybody listening, on October 26th, this Tuesday, pick up a copy of The Art of Online Dating. If you're navigating the online dating world, someone who's not used to it, or even if you're looking to just kind of reinvent yourself, definitely pick up a copy of this book. Uh, Alyssa, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Nice to meet you. Thanks, Alyssa. It's so nice meeting you too. At Walmart, there's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. We encourage you to show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase. Every time we purchase from a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. Some amazing black-owned businesses that are available at Walmart include The Lip Bar, Zach and Zoe Honey, Partake Cookies. The list goes on and on. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes, and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight. And honestly, the answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois, and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois, and my life has never been the same, and I love her so much, and I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners 
say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than expected. And another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs. First was Pappy and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much with Pappy. He just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him and we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was, Kaylin and I agreed to maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives. And not even a week later, we, we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives. And, and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So I, I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and, and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes, and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. It's available at your local dog shelter. Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive, June 7th to 9th, and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com adoption drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. Everyone knows how much Dean and I love to travel, especially after enduring a Colorado winter. I'll take any chance I can to be in a sunny, beachy place right about now. Well, Kaylin, I have the perfect place we can travel to next. In Puerto Rico, there are nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline. And when it comes to photography, the landscape is unbeatable. I think I need to go there for a relaxing vacation before baby number two comes, which is great. But also, I'm very nervous. Puerto Rico offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to beautiful black sand beaches. There's no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating. We have two very special emails coming up here. I haven't read them yet, but they're both from Anonymous, and you know how much we love a good, juicy, anonymous email. Easton turned his camera back on, which means he's hyped to read these emails for us. Easton, what do you got? He's prepared, ready to go. Bro, you're ahead of the game. You're like the kid in school who immediately raised their hand for everything. So eager just to be, you know, a teacher's pet. You know, you guys ask me to read the emails from time to time, and I'm never ready. I always have to look for it in my email or something. This time I have it. I've pulled up. I want to turn my camera so on. I'm just trying to show you. Look at this guy. I'm serious about this. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so let's read an email. This is from Anonymous, this first one. Uh, I've been in the healthiest and most fulfilling relationship for almost six years now, but in the past 12 months, those have been the toughest. My boyfriend has started his own business, and as you guys know, it takes a ton of time. He's con- it constantly consumed his life. He works 16 hours a day. He's constantly on the phone. He's on Zoom, sending emails. I've been trying to be my best to be supportive and understanding. We have good communication, so we do check in with each other once every couple of weeks. However, I'm feeling extremely disconnected. When I tell him I'm feeling neglected or I need time with him, he listens and says he'll do something about it, but he doesn't always follow through until I completely break down. Then we'll go on a date, and as soon as it's over, it repeats. I would love some advice on what to do to get that spark back and get him to understand that I need to have time with him to feel connected to him without making it seem like I don't care about his business goals. Hmm. 
Well, the first thing that sticks out to me is that you're saying that you're not getting enough time and he neglects you, but then you say you guys go on a date and then as soon as it's over, it just repeats itself. So it feels like he's putting in effort if you if you guys are going on dates. Six years is a long time. Love changes. It evolves over time. So maybe you guys don't have that initial spark that you once did and it's not as hot and heavy or like that puppy dog love that we all experienced when we first started dating someone. I don't know, that's tough, like, the guy seems like he's working really hard 16 hours a week. I'm sure he wants to be with you, but obviously he's very stressed out, it feels. I don't know. That's a toughie. I feel like, Anonymous, you might have to just be okay with being on the back burner for a little while and just knowing that he still loves you. I really like this sentence uh, in the second <laughs> paragraph where she says, We have good communication, so we do check in with each other once every couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did that strike anyone else as odd? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I thought I'd misread it at first. Yeah. Of, you know, that should if, be like, what, every couple of days is kind of even a stretch. Maybe a couple times a day. Yeah. I think um, I, I agree with Jared. I think that it's hard to get in the way of someone's business aspirations, right? Like I obviously haven't started a company. Jared, I think, can obviously speak more towards that. But you don't want to get in his way. You don't want to be the reason he's not giving his business enough attention. But like, yes, obviously, you still deserve the attention that you deserve, right? So it's like it's definitely something that you need to work on. I guess my my gut reaction is to say maybe maybe you need to be more comfortable with like longer spurts of being alone or like, you know, like don't. I don't know. It's it's a tricky one for sure. I just I I think like if I was him in his shoes and I was putting 100 percent of my focus into this thing that I really wanted to be successful. And then I felt like uh, not that your girlfriend should be a distraction, but like I, if, if like something was like pulling me away from this goal of mine, I would be a little um, a little put off by it. But but again, like you obviously deserve the attention that you want. So that's it's tricky. Like Jared said. Something I think Anonymous should bring up to her boyfriend, and I do not own a business, but I am a workaholic. I get all of my self-worth from working, <laughs> putting in hours. Uh, so nice. I can relate to this guy a little bit. Um, but something that, and, and my wife, you know, I would like to spend more time with her. She would like me to spend less time working and more time with her. And something that made a big difference for me in the last few months is thinking like, if you take a certain amount of time you know, it doesn't have to be every day, but ideally at least once a week, maybe, and do something intentional with this person that's special to you. It will not only mean a lot to them, but you can also look at it as taking time for yourself and away from work. And I know that this guy's starting a business. I know you have to put all of your time into that to really make it a success. But I think that if you take enough time to like not focus on that, and like recharge when you do go back to it, it's going to be a higher quality output. Maybe you'll have another idea. I don't know. I think he could look at it as taking time for himself as well. What's an example, Easton? Can you give us an example of like something you do intentionally to put effort into your relationship, even though you're a workaholic? Oh, uh, <laughs> I mean, like, like, because for me, like an average day is like, you know, I, I work into the night sometimes and it'll be like, we're watching TV and then like, I have to like get up and, go upload a goddamn podcast or something. Uh, but um, oh, Dean finally sent me his audio. I, I guess I got to go up and work. Yeah, exactly. Podcast from the cafe he did in Mexico. Yeah. I have to go through and mute every time they turn on the margarita blender. Uh, but um, 
like for me, for me personally, it's like, we'll go on a drive somewhere and then like go out and go on a very long walk and like leave our phones in the car. And so then it's just like, we're just like experiencing like the outdoors. We're talking to each other. We're connecting. And I find that to be a really therapeutic way of like not thinking about the work that is constantly in my mind. Um, and you know, focusing on like, oh, well, what's interesting in Allison's life. And then I also get to talk about like something that I'm interested in that doesn't work. Uh, you know, just something as simple as that it doesn't have to be like a, you know, obviously like going out to dinner or something like that is nice too, but like, it can just be something that's taking a walk with this person and, uh, and talking. And then when I do go back to work, I do feel like, okay, I'm ready to like, I'm ready to attack this gargantuan podcast problem and, uh, and, and really put my all into it. I don't know. That's just what my advice would be is like, he does, I know he's not going to want to take that time, but I, I feel like it would be beneficial to both of you guys. No, that's a really good point too. I feel like a lot of people, uh, business owners, especially like probably burn the candle at both ends until mm-hmm. eventually they're entirely burnt out and they don't take this t- the time that they need to like reset and recharge. And so maybe, yeah, like you're saying, just set some time aside once a week, maybe for like not even a full day, just like four hours, five hours, something like maybe even less. I don't know. But yeah, I see what you're saying. I think that's a really good point. It's definitely a good starting point. Uh, for someone in that position too, just be like, Hey, like, like, okay, let's, let's give her some advice on how she could approach this with her boyfriend. Just be like, Hey, uh, you work too hard. Let's take some time to just like relax together. And then you can get back into your work and you'll be rejuvenated and ready to tackle the bigger issues, maybe more, more aptly. Right. I'd also start checking in more than once every couple of weeks. I think you guys brought up. Yeah, definitely. Start checking in probably daily and just say, Hey, how are you? How's your day? What's going on? What's going through your mind? You know, and just talk things out. Also, maybe, uh, I mean, obviously, I'm sure you've got your own uh, work and career stuff going on, but ask him like, hey, can I help with anything? Because that could also be like a, a, a good way to spend quality time together while still getting the work that needs to be done. done. Totally. So um, maybe maybe you could start there, I think. I think that's good advice. You're welcome, Anonymous. That one's free. I don't know why you're Anonymous because, uh, you know, it's pretty um, pretty PG stuff. But, hey, we appreciate you emailing us nonetheless. And for the rest of you guys that might want to email us, I suck at dating at iHeartMedia. Dot com. I always forget to plug that, but be sure to email us. Um, yeah. Anonymous, this would have been a great time to plug the business, Anonymous, uh, on the podcast, but yeah. swing and a miss there. Uh, yeah, swing and a miss. We got one more, though. Easton, if you want to jump into that one. We do have one more. Let's do it. Anonymous again. It's great to see Jared and Dean mature into strong relationships into their 30s and yeah. talking about exciting future plans like having a child and or living abroad. What are some ways that Jared and Dean have learned to be more vulnerable and emotionally open to Ashley and Kaylin? I know it's something guys struggle with, and we all bring our own fears of being hurt, rejected, and not understood into relationships. How have Jared and Dean's partners, Ashley and Kaylin, helped them feel safe and built trust? Uh, Jared, you can go first on that I one. guess. Hey, Ash, come here for a second. I'll ask <laughs> directly from the horse's mouth right here. Ashley, get over here. Yeah, Ashley, get over here. I get need you to here. help me out for a second. Uh, how has Ashley made me feel safe and have built trust? I think trust building just takes time. And I've been able to confine in within Ashley when we were friends, and that turned into romance. Um, so I think over time, just building our connection back and forth. So pretty much this anonymous emailer is saying that Jared and Dean have matured right oh. in front of their eyes on the Aww. podcast. I know, that's so sweet, mm-hmm. isn't it? Am I mature? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, and so they're asking what are some of the ways that we have learned to be more vulnerable and emotionally open to both you and Kaylin. And she knows that a lot of guys struggle with mm-hmm. it. So how they're asking me, like, how have I been able to open up 
to you more. So like, have you, have you noticed anything particular that works with me in terms of like helping me open up more? Mm, well, I feel like there's never any consequence to you opening up, right? There's never like, yeah. there's never been a bad experience where you told me something. I've never been like, yeah, that's angry a fair point. From it. Yeah, you've always re received my vent sessions well. Mm -hmm. So it's made me feel comfortable being able to open up to you. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, I just literally don't let you get away with keeping it in because you're so obvious when something's wrong that I literally will keep asking you until you tell me. I know. You're good at that. We balance each other off well where I won't say something, but you'll just continuously <laughs> poke me. Because you always feel better after you say it. I know. But you like don't really keep anything in anymore. You really don't. No, you hear everything. My apologies. <laughs> no, I don't. I like it. I don't mind it at all. Okay, great. See, that's how you build a healthy relationship there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's really nice. I, uh, yeah, I guess I could say much more of the same. I do this thing. Uh, it extends beyond just the relationship. It, it's like all interpersonal, uh, relationships that I've been having later in life where I just, uh, I just share every, uh, story about myself, uh, embarrassing and all like, you know, you just share an embarrassing story about yourself with the people around you. And then I think that like loosens them up to be like, Oh, okay, cool. Like this guy's got a lot of, he's, he's done a lot of bad things in his life. And, uh, <laughs> That makes me feel more comfortable to share something that maybe I did that was a little bad or, you know, something like that. So I think um, that's that's just kind of my my way of defusing the like not like the tension, but um, bridging the gap between like communication and honesty, because I think a lot of people are hesitant to share their feelings or their past traumas because they feel like they're going to be judged. And so I like let them judge me first. And then if they feel comfortable after that, then they can go ahead and share whatever they want to share. That's my take on it, at least. Easton? Yeah, Easton, you're, you're part of this, too. I, uh, I'm, I mean, Allison has always made me feel very comfortable to be uh, my true self. Um, and I think that's the sign of a, um, of a strong relationship and a partner you should be um, that's, like, worthy of, you know, your time and, and someone that you're going to go the distance with. Because I've been in relationships where I didn't feel... Uh, comfortable opening up and totally. they made it very clear. They didn't want to hear it from me. So uh, I, and that's why we're no longer in that relationship. So um, I, I really think, you know, like it's it, like the anonymous said, it's been really exciting to watch you guys mature and, and open up as, as people, but we think we have to credit it to the ladies in your life. I mean, they, they've clearly made you feel like you can, you're coming from a place of trust uh, it, that they're not going to judge you if you do open up to them. And uh, I, I think I always feel bad that that's like the burden of the of the female in the relationship all the I time. But it really I, I, is, you know, it, it, it that's really how you how you tame the wild bear. You know, you just make them feel comfortable and uh, and then they can open up to you. Yeah, I guess Ashley said something that was so profound when just now, mm -hmm. I, I think, where she said there's never been any consequences of you opening up to me. And I was like, mm -hmm. yeah, I never felt like. There was a moment where I was saying something where you're going to immediately judge me. So that is nice. That's really nice to have. And I never thought of it in that way. So anonymous, <laughs> make sure that you don't feel or make sure you you make your partner feel that there's no consequences to him or her opening up to you. Because then that will, again, make them feel more comfortable. Yeah, that's a, huh. that's a, a well said point, Jared. Thanks for sharing mm -hmm. that with us. I, I could see in your eyes you just had a great epiphany. Um, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode, you guys, unless there's anything else we want to talk about. 
I think that's going to do it as well. I do want to bring something up because obviously our guest, uh, uh, Alyssa, um, was talking about how she was divorced and back into online dating. And it just gave me a thought because I feel like I've heard over and over again, specifically over the past year or two, about how divorce rates are through the roof. And that's just not the case, which is insane. Mm -hmm. So apparently, according to some family studies website, back in... uh, 2019 divorce rates were at an a low since 1968 hmm. oh so uh, ashley says that it's probably because we're getting married older so divorce rates were super low in 1960 it was only nine couples for every 1000 would get divorced and then it shot up 20 years later to 1980 to 22 for every thousand married couples 22 would get divorced but then it's steadily going down ever since to reaching a low of 14, 14 in 2019. So then I was like, well, maybe they were talking about the pandemic. Maybe the pandemic has really driven divorce rates through the roof. But that's not the case either. According to the New York Times, back in this article was written in March of 2021, this past year, it says divorce, divorce rates are now dropping and they give some reasons why. Apparently divorce rates, there was a surge in the early months of the pandemic, but now they seem to be plummeting which is interesting. And it talks about how like um, they like these couples are deciding to stick it out. And they talk about like negative things that are currently happening, that people are afraid to change the status quo, which means they're staying married longer. I don't know. I found it pretty interesting. I guess I just, I wanted to mention yeah. that. Cause I was like, I thought divorce rates were like the highest they've ever been, but apparently they're the lowest they've been since like 1960. It's probably because it's impossible to get a, uh, a lawyer to work for you. Yeah. Like get a, <laughs> work a, a court hearing scheduled. Yeah. It's expensive, man. You know? It's expensive. And everyone's backed up. You got to wait four months to get it done. And then three months yeah. in, you're like, ah, oh, maybe we should. Uh... Well, that's why you want to stay married right there. Cause you can't find a good divorce lawyer. Right. Hey, I mean, there's probably a lot of reasons why, but I agree with Ashley. I don't know if the listeners could have heard her yelling from the other room, but yeah, <laughs> people are getting married older, which I think is definitely a big part of it. Uh, people are getting more educated, which I think is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. But I was I was curious too because you would think that there were some negatives too. Like the, there's a lot more choice nowadays. Like we're a lot more connected, so you think that maybe that would have something to do with it, working in the opposite direction. But yeah, that's interesting. Um, that's good to know. I guess there's uh, there's hope for us after all. Well, there's hope for you. I'm already married. Well, I guess we could still get divorced. So there's hope for all of us, really. I'm not talking about us specifically, like locally here, the three of us. I'm talking about like generally as a human species. Yeah. Listen, I don't really think outside the box. I just think of the two people I'm looking at, three including myself. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's what's your what makes you so endearing. You know, you're just laser focused on the people you're talking to. Very much so. Well, that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Help I suck at dating. Once again, please keep emailing us at I suck at dating at iheartmedia.com. Follow us on help I suck at dating. A big thank you to Alyssa Deneen. Of course, her book is coming out this Tuesday, The Art of Online Dating. You can buy it on Amazon. Easton Dean, you guys are awesome. What about uh, you forgot you forgot to thank Anonymous and Anonymous? Oh, yeah. Anonymous is you guys are awesome. Nick, always appreciate Anonymous. your emails. <laughs> Anonymous, you guys were great. Thanks for emailing us. If you want to be anonymous uh, and join the anonymous crowd, email us, isuckatdating at iheartmedia.com. We need to start sharing the email address at the top of the episode because I feel like who's still listening to this? If you're still listening to this, email us and just say, hey, still listening. Yeah. You don't even have to ask a question. Just, <laughs> yeah, just let us know. Do. 
Just take your time. Just, you know, just for our own sake. Anyways, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Help I Suck at Dating. We can't wait till next week's spooky, scary episode. Halloween, baby. Um, Tune in then because maybe we'll suck just a little bit less. Trick or treat. Follow Help I Suck at Dating on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. On Thursday, February 29th from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., you can celebrate an extra day of Black History Month with Walmart. This event is free and open to the public at two locations, Flatiron Plaza in New York City and Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's the perfect time to try, like, and share Black-led products. It's free, it's for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with Black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico, but it's more than a name. It's a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. Let the Boricua spirit welcome you with a warm embrace to start each day and remind you why you travel in the first place. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. With nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline, there's always new places to explore. The island's diverse geography offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to stunning black sand beaches. There are spots that are perfect for water sports so you can surf, snorkel, paddleboard, or go diving. To travel to Puerto Rico, there is no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.